0: I'll let you in on a little secret. Reaching your revenue goal won't change your life, but hitting your profit goal, that absolutely will. If you want to build a life-first business this year, you need to create more margin, both in your finances and in your schedule. If you're ready to double down on profit-generating strategies that actually work so you can work four-day weeks, go on real vacations, or even take the summers off, you won't want to miss this. In my free masterclass, Double Your Profit While Working Less, you'll learn exactly how to set your business up to scale so you can give yourself a raise, create a clear plan for how to work that dream schedule, and step into your CEO era, the one where you and your business aren't just surviving but thriving. You can grab this free masterclass at www.jadeboyd.co backslash double your profit masterclass or go to the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast, a podcast about redefining productivity for the modern woman in business and finding ways to work smarter, not harder, in business and life. I'm your host, Jade Boyd. I'm an MBA, business strategist, and mentor who helps overwhelmed business owners simplify and scale their service-based businesses with strategy and systems. On this podcast, we'll explore simple ways to earn more while working less, if you're ready to scale your business, bring order to chaos, ditch the busy work, and make space for what really matters, you come to the right place. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast. Have you ever been sitting at your desk in deep focus mode, getting something really important done, and then all of a sudden remembered that you had something urgent that needed to get done, whether it's forgetting to post that thing on Instagram, or forgetting to switch that load of laundry, or you realize that you have a specific task that needed to get done or you have a meeting to prep for and time is running out, and you get distracted, you go do that thing, and while you're doing it, you get pulled into some other rabbit hole, whether it's oh, I forgot to send that email, you get in your email and end up checking email for thirty minutes or you go to put that post on Instagram and you end up scrolling reels for 30 minutes. And by the time you realize that you need to get back to the thing that you were doing, you've either ran out of time, ran out of energy, or ran out of focus to get that really important thing that you needed to do done. I feel like if we're being honest, everyone has been in this situation. It's really easy to get distracted and it's really tempting to bounce around from task to task throughout the day Letting your work be determined by whatever is urgent in that moment or whatever needs to be done last minute. But this is the power of batch working and scheduling certain tasks, certain times to get done, really limiting what you're able to focus on in any day or if you're doing time blocking within that block. And making sure that when you sit down to get work done, you're able to fully focus on that work, knowing that all of those other types of tasks have a place on your schedule, they have a place in your to-do list, and they're prioritized based on what actually matters and what actually is going to help you be productive in the long term. So I am a huge fan of batch working, and I'm super excited to talk about how I batch work and plan my schedule according to my batches today. And before we even dive in, pause the episode, go to the show notes and download the guide that comes with this episode. Um, It's a task batching workbook and it talks you through everything that we're going to talk through in this podcast and comes with worksheets so that you can create your separate batches for your tasks and create your ideal batch schedule, your weekly schedule or your monthly schedule and it has some links to other resources as well in that free download. So pause again, go to the show notes, make sure you get this guide, and you can follow along as we're going through the episode and start batching your tasks so that by the end of this episode, you actually have your batches in place and are ready for that next step to saving time in your business. So before we dive in, let's quickly define what task batching is. Batchworking is super simple. It's grouping similar tasks together in order to spend less time task switching or multitasking. So, if you group similar tasks together, you're able to stay focused again on one thing at a time or similar things at the same time and work more effortlessly without having to task switch and switch contexts, switch resources, switch what browser tabs you have open, and all of those costs that come with task switching. And I also want to go over why batching your tasks is important. Research shows that focusing on one task at a time actually increases your productivity and batch working can help you avoid the urge to task switch or multitask throughout the day. So there's a few key benefits that come with batching your tasks and mostly it has to do with the cost of multitasking. Every time you change from one context to another, it comes with a cognitive load. Like you have to make effort to switch that context in your mind and physically. Maybe you have to open new browser tabs or get new resources out or physically move locations. Right now I'm recording this podcast episode and every time I do an episode, I have to move everything up to my closet and set everything up. And that comes with a cost. If I were to batch episodes in the same sitting, I would save time because I wouldn't have to do that setup. And most things that you do in your business come with some sort of cost. And I think it's really easy to underestimate how much it actually costs you to switch context. So I'm going to go over a few research studies that kind of prove this behind the scenes. One, because I'm a nerd about research and I really love it. And two, because it's really fascinating. And I think you'll find these things pretty interesting. So batching your task can help you have better focus. So there's research by David Strayer, who's a professor of psychology at the University of Utah. And his research showed that 98% of people focus best when doing one task at a time instead of multitasking. I think I hear a lot of people who assume or say, I'm actually really good at multitasking. I'm the exception exception to the rule. And according to this research, you are probably not that exception. <laughs> in fact, only 2% of you who are saying that are actually an exception to the rule. So if you're one of those people who are sitting in the camp of I'm different, I'm really good at multitasking, let's take a second and really evaluate that. Batch working can also help you work smarter. A study at the University of London found that multitasking can actually lower your IQ score as far as to replicate the work level of someone who's smoking marijuana or staying up all night. So, multitasking makes you so distracted and unfocused that you might as well be high while you're working. (laughs) That is the quality of work that you're able to get done, according to the study. Again, I'm very interested. I don't know the specifics of how they set up the study, but. I think it would be a fascinating study to run, actually, and I think those are really interesting findings. Batchworking can help you be less stressed. I feel like this is the number one benefit. In addition to saving time, everyone wants to save time, but ultimately to be less stressed and to have more balance in our lives, right? So research by Gloria Mark, who's a professor at University of California, Irvine, shows that when people try to get a task done while being interrupted, they are more stressed and exert more effort to complete their work. This seems like common sense, but obviously, if you're being interrupted constantly, either by physical interruptions like phone dings or people asking you questions or Slack notifications or checking your email, or by mental interruptions like thinking about those things that you're not doing that you should be doing or thoughts of feeling restless or guilty or questioning what you should actually be working on, all of those thoughts are interruptions too. You will be more stressed and it will take you way more effort to complete your work. I think that's the power of planning, deciding what you're going to do ahead of time so that when it comes time to do it, you are truly focused and know that that is what you should be doing and aren't as distracted by those mental interruptions. Saving time is a big one. Um, Professor Gloria Mark also found that it takes, on average, 23 minutes and 15 seconds to get back on task after you've been interrupted. And I think this one is super interesting because I know that there's a time cost. Like if I get interrupted by an email, I switch browsers, I look at that email, check it. But then in my mind, I want to think that I immediately go back to what I'm doing. But in reality, We tend to get distracted more than just that one email, right? We think about other things. We end up spending more time in our inbox or if it's something on Instagram, we end up spending more time on the app responding to other things we didn't intend to do. And so this study found that it takes an average of 23 minutes and 15 seconds every time to get back on task after you're interrupted. I think that is fascinating, especially because it's an average. So sometimes it takes less than that. But sometimes it takes a lot longer than that. And I think 23 minutes is a really long time. Um, David Meyer, PhD, also shows that switching between tasks can cost as much as 40% of your productive time overall. So if you're working 40 hours a week, if you're not batching your tasks and you're working um, on multiple tasks throughout the day, you're not really batching anything, you're just doing one thing after the other, context switching constantly, you could lose what's 40% of 40 hours, 16 hours of your time every week just lost between tasks, which is crazy. In addition to this, obviously, it makes you a more efficient worker. John Medina, who is the author of Brain Rules, cites that when task switching, on average, it will take you 50% longer to finish a task and you'll make up to 50% more errors. So this goes hand-in-hand with being distracted and having the capacity of somebody who's high or has stayed up all night when you're working, but you'll make more mistakes and it'll take you longer to finish your tasks. So I think it's clear when you think about it that batching similar tasks can make you more efficient, can make you less stressed, Can help you save time, can help you be better focused, can help you be more productive. But I did want to go through the research just to prove the extent because I think it's so easy to underestimate how much time you're actually losing to task switching and how beneficial it can actually be if you take a little bit of time to batch similar work together and plan out a schedule where you can can achieve those efficiencies in your work. So this would be the best time to get out that free workbook if you downloaded it so that we can go through this together. If you're listening while you're in the car or something, make sure you ask Siri to remind you to download it later so you can go back and actually go through this process. But we're going to talk about how to identify your most important work, which tasks should be deleted, automated, delegated, batched, How to create your batching categories and some things you should consider there. And then how to create your batching schedule, whether it's a weekly schedule or a monthly schedule, depending on how frequently you need to batch things. And then the last things we'll talk about are protecting your ideal schedule once it's set. And reviewing and adjusting as we go on, because you're not gonna get it 100% right the first time. It's definitely a process of finding out what works for you and what works for the type of work that you need to get done. Um, But that's the process we're gonna go through today. So, step one is identifying your most important work. So, there's a page in the free download that has space for you to literally write down everything that you do as a part of your business. And you can print this a couple times if you wanna go through your personal life and batch some of those tasks too. It could be helpful. I tend to manage a lot of my personal and work life together. So like when it comes to running errands, I will batch business errands and personal errands together because it is more efficient and I have the flexibility to have control over my time in that way. So why not? So you can kind of decide how you do this if you do it for just your business or your personal life or if you want to do them separately or together or just one or the other. Up to you. But you can print it as many times as you want and literally write down every detail of the tasks that you do. So instead of writing blog, I would write plan blog topics or draft blogs, do research for blogs, edit blogs, compile photos for blogs, insert links for blogs, categorize blogs, publish blogs, schedule blogs. Every little task that you do is part of your workflow for managing your blog would be written down on that piece of paper so that you can get as granular as possible on the things that you can batch and potentially outsource or delegate to, right? So once you have a list of all of your tasks and you can even start categorizing them at this point, like you might go through all of your marketing tasks and write those down in one column or all your finance tasks and write those in another column, all of your client tasks and so on. If you have a general idea of how you work in the categories in your business that you kind of group together in general. You can start grouping your tasks in that way so that's easier for you to visualize. But after everything is in one place, one, take a look and ask yourself, Is this realistic for me to be doing all of these things? Because I think for most of you, when you write everything down and realize how much you're actually doing or everything that you're expecting yourself to do and are somehow not able to get done, you might realize that you're not able to get it all done because it's actually unrealistic in the first place. So we're going to go through the process before we start batching things and just try to do things more efficiently, which is getting as much as possible done. We're going to be a little bit more strategic and go through the things that you actually should be doing before you start batching it. So being more productive means getting the right things done. It doesn't necessarily mean getting everything done. So once you have that full list, we're going to go through and I want you to think critically about the tasks that are on your list that have directly led to revenue, directly led to you booking a client, to you making a sale within the past six months. And circle those things. So if there are specific things in your business, and this is going to be different for every single business, but if there are specific activities that you do that lead directly to revenue, I want you to circle those things because those are the things that are driving your business forward. Those are the things that are keeping your business sustainable. Those are things that you need to prioritize if you want to keep the lights on and the doors open, right? So make sure you circle those things because those things need to get done. They may not need to get done by you, But they do need to get done and take priority. The second thing that I want you to do with this list is go back through and highlight the 20% of these tasks that are leading to 80% of your results in your business. There is a book called The 80-20 Principle by Richard Koch, I think is how you pronounce it. But it explains what the 80-20 Principle is and how it applies in all facets of life. It's a really fascinating book. But here's how he describes the 80-20 Principle. The 80-20 principle states that there is an inbuilt imbalance between causes and results, inputs and outputs, effort and reward. Typically, causes, inputs, or effort divide into two categories. The majority that have little impact. So that's the 80% of your tasks that maybe get you some results, but very little. And a small minority that have a major dominant impact. So that's the 20% of your tasks that lead to 80% of your results. And this could be financial results. This could be booked clients. This could be speaking engagements. How do you define results in your business? What are those key metrics that mean that you're reaching your goals and making progress towards your goals? Know what those things are first. And then really think critically about what the 20% of things are that you absolutely have to do that are driving 80% of the results in your business and highlight those before we move on. Once you have that done, flip to the next page in the workbook where there's space for you to separate your tasks into delete, automate, delegate, slash outsource, or do, which is batching the tasks that you're actually going to do. And go through your task and look at, again, the most important things, the things that are driving results in your business versus the things that may drive a little bit of result but not much. And go through and I want you to choose as many things as possible that you can just simply delete. I feel like most of us are overcomplicating our work or adding in too much detail that doesn't actually matter. And there's probably at least 10 things on your list of things that you're doing maybe every week, maybe maybe every month that you can just absolutely delete because it's actually not leading to any results. Whether that's sending monthly email updates to your clients and they're not actually reading those reports or whether that's answering email questions that have nothing to do with your goals, like additional requests that you don't even need to respond to, just simply delete them. Like make a list of those things that you just can get off your plate right now. The second thing is automating. So if there are ways that you can automate some of those things, whether it's through email templates or a CRM like Dipsado or Honey. Book or through a task management system like ClickUp, go through and make note of all the things that you could automate to, again, get those off your plate. And it doesn't mean that you have to do it right now. You're just making a game plan for these are the things that I know are possible to automate and I'm not doing yet. And make sure you put those in that category. The third thing is delegating and outsource. I highly encourage you to delegate and outsource as much work as you can. And there's a lot of limiting beliefs around no one can do it better than I can and I'm irreplaceable or it needs to be me in order to give my clients the best experience. All of those things that we'll probably talk about in a future episode. But for now, be honest with yourself. And again, it doesn't mean that you need to hire somebody today or that you need to delegate that task today. But be very clear on the things that you know are not in your zone of genius. They are not lighting you up. You don't get any reward from them. You're not able to do it better than 90% of other people. These are like those $10 tasks, those $15 tasks that you need to get off your plate so that you can make more space for those $100, $200, $300 tasks in your business. And after you're done with that column, then you have your last column, which are the things that you will continue doing and you can continue batching on your schedule. So these should really be those 20% of your tasks that are driving the most results and can only be done by you and are in your zone of genius. Those really enjoyable, profitable, aligned tasks that only you can do to move your business forward and get you closer to your goals. So again, the first three columns should be pretty full. This last column should just have those things that are super important and only you can do left. And once those are done, Then we move on to the batching. So we're not just going to batch your tasks to make you efficient and make sure that you can get everything on your list done because it's kind of unrealistic. And trust me, I've tried it a million and one ways and it's just not possible. You have to clean out your to-do list before you're able to optimize it. It's just step one. You have to do it. So please do not listen to this and then go and try and batch all of your tasks. That is not going to be effective. So make sure that you fill out that sheet before you move forward. The third worksheet in the workbook has different places for you to batch different types of tasks. So step three is actually creating those batching categories on those tasks that you can complete. And you can batch tasks a couple different ways. So the first way you can batch tasks is by context. So I mentioned running errands. The context in which you do a task can decrease the amount of time where your task switching. So if I batch all of my errands, the that context is when I'm in my car, I'm on the road, I'm out of the house, I'm dressed, I have makeup on, I have my wallet, I am, yeah, out of my house. So if I am able to do all those things at the same time, I can save time. Another context might be phone calls. If I'm in the mindset of communicating with other people, which as an introvert, I'm not very often, but if I can batch my phone calls so I'm expending all of that energy at the same time, that makes me more efficient. Um, Checking email or like tasks where you're on your laptop, which for a lot of us is the majority of our tasks. But if being on a laptop is in the minority and only a few tasks require that, then that might be a context that you want to batch so that you're only needing to take out your laptop for those certain tasks. The second way that you can batch your tasks Is by the task type. So marketing tasks, for example, could all be in one batch. Um, You could batch as granular as Instagram or blog tasks if you want to be super detailed. You could batch finance tasks. These are usually things that require you to be in the same mindset and have access to the same information. So for marketing, I'm probably going to have the same software for my blog like Zencaster and Libsyn open And for my blog, I'm going to have Show It and WordPress open. For Instagram, I'm going to have Later and the Instagram app open, and maybe ClickUp so that I can draft my captions and copy all my content plans in there. Or maybe you have a physical content planner. For any type of batch that you create, you should have similar resources and a similar context for each of those batches. And you can be strategic, like I said, in batching your work and your personal tasks if you want to integrate them, or just batching your work tasks. Once you have your batches, the next step is to schedule a time on your calendar for you to do those batches. So you can decide whether this is a type of task that you want to batch every week or every month, sometimes every quarter. So for example, for marketing tasks, you could sit down every Monday and batch your marketing tasks for that week, or you could sit down once a month and batch all of your marketing tasks for that month. Or you could sit down once a quarter if you're to that point and have the support you need in order to batch quarterly. You could sit down once per quarter and batch all of the content and marketing needs you need for that quarter. It really depends on your business and what your systems are, what your strategy is, and who's on your team and what support you have in doing that. But for each of those batches, go back and kind of schedule a timeframe that you want to batch those tasks in. And this might help you to edit your batches too. You might realize that some of the tasks within one batch are only weekly tasks and then another task within that same batch is actually monthly and you need to separate those. So this might help you strategize a little bit more what will make sense in order to batch more efficiently. So assign a time frame to each of those batches and reorder them if you need to make any adjustments that you need to before we go on. And then in your workbook, there's a weekly layout where you can schedule time within your calendar to batch your task. And you can do this a few different ways. The first one would be time blocking. So you could say from 9 a.m. to noon on Mondays is when I do my marketing tasks. And that time is set aside. I don't take any meetings. I don't check my email. I don't do anything else besides batch my marketing tasks. And that's the context that I'm in. You could also batch like 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. is blogging. 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. is podcasting. 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. is batching Instagram content and get as granular as you would like to. Another way to do it is to day theme, which is what I do. I enjoy having a little bit more flexibility in my schedule, and I find that my tasks change week to week. And As a solopreneur, I have a few contractors, but Every week looks a little bit differently for me. So I'm not super structured in the way that I batch my tasks in terms of my time. I like having a little bit more freedom and flexibility day to day to kind of pick and choose what I feel like working on that day. But in general, I keep the themes for each day the same. So Monday is my marketing day. So today's a Monday and I'm recording this podcast episode, but today is also my day to check in on all of my marketing needs. So I am doing the podcast, I'll do the blogs, the editing, I'll schedule Instagram posts, I'll batch reels, I will schedule out blog posts, I will take a look and see if there's anything I can repurpose. Like everything that I do within my marketing workflow, I focus on on Mondays because I'm in the same mindset. I'm in the same software platforms and that just works for me. And if I don't need to do anything for marketing, if I have things batched far enough out, then I can be flexible and work on something else. There's not like a scheduled time for me to do it. It's just today I wake up, I know I have no meetings, and I'm able to do the work that I need to do. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are client days and meeting days for me. So, I, like I said, am an introvert. So, I need to be very protective of my energy. And I love working with people. Relator is one of my top five strengths. But I know that it comes at a cost in terms of energy and in terms of focus. Because if I have a meeting on my calendar, it doesn't matter if I have one meeting, it's at 1 p.m. It's really hard for me to focus on anything knowing that that meeting is coming up. I'm not a spur of the moment type of person. So I know that in order to protect my focus, I need to batch my meetings. And that happens on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And that means client meetings, that means discovery calls, that means podcast interviews, everything that requires me to interact with another human being (laughs) is on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I can knock those out and be in that mindset on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I also do client work on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because I can usually break down client projects into like hour-long segments that I can knock out on those days. And if I'm meeting with clients and doing discovery calls and stuff, it's really easy for me to follow up like after that discovery call with a specific proposal. Um, It just makes sense for my schedule to do that. Thursdays for me are business development days. So that's anything that's related to moving my business forward and really prioritizing working on my goals during that day. So that could be things like creating a new lead generator or when I was working on launching this podcast, that's something that I did on a Thursday because at that point, it wasn't like a cut and clean marketing task. It was a business development task and really anything that's related to my goals. I also include personal development on Thursdays because I think it's really easy for me to get distracted by personal development when it comes to signing up for free webinars or reading people's email newsletters. So I dump all of those things in a folder that um, integrates with ClickUp. So I have this personal development folder in ClickUp And on Thursdays is my day to get distracted by those things. And oftentimes, I'm able to focus on the things that I actually need to learn, not just the things that I think are interesting because I'm doing business development that day. I focus on the skills or the knowledge that I need in order to do that new thing. Oftentimes, business development projects require me to do something I've never done before, like starting a podcast and learning all of those things. So I took podcasting course on Thursday, So I was in that state of mind. And then Fridays are my flex days slash admin days. So if I'm done with all of my work by Friday, I will do my weekly review that morning. Um, Episode four, I believe, goes through my weekly review process, and that means inbox zero. That means cleaning up my calendar, cleaning up my inbox, cleaning up my ClickUp task list, updating all my projects, and planning the next week. So that leaves my week in a really good place. And if I'm done with all of my work, then I'm done for the week and I take the afternoon off. I usually do housework and kind of reset my house, do cleaning stuff, do laundry, those types of things to wrap up the week which feels really good for me. Or if there are things that came up during the week, like on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it was really packed and I didn't get to my client work, then I might bump my client work to Thursday and bump the Thursday tasks to Friday. Again, it is super flexible. But what this allows me to do is when a task or an idea or a distraction comes into my mind or into my inbox, I'm able to immediately decide not now, but later and when it's going to happen. And then my systems allow me to go through my inbox and read those emails that I didn't want to read or take that course that I was really excited to start. But You know, didn't do it in the moment. So that's another way that I manage distractions. So that's day theming. But again, if you want to get more granular and more protective of your time and say, like, I work on personal development two hours a week, these are when those two hours are, you can absolutely get as detailed as you want to with this. I would just encourage you to make sure you leave white space, especially on your weekly calendar. Leave white space because interruptions happen, kids get sick you know, dishwashers stop working, cars stop working. There are so many random things that happen in life and you need to have white space on your schedule in order to deal with those things because oftentimes that's like an every week. Every week something different will happen that will throw off your schedule if you have 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day busy and blacked out And if you're relying on yourself to be focused and productive 40 hours a week, every single week without getting distracted or without anything throwing off your schedule, then you're setting yourself up to fail. So make sure that when you're batching and scheduling these things that you allow yourself some white space and some flexibility, whatever that looks like for you. And then there's an extra sheet in the workbook for the monthly schedule. So again, if there's any batch of tasks that you only want to focus on monthly. There's a space for you to kind of detail out like every first Monday of the month. This is when I'm going to work on those and so on. And I would also suggest putting these on your calendar to make sure that you are blocking that time, which is what we're going to talk about next, protecting your ideal schedule. So you might notice that after you create this batching schedule, you think to yourself, this is great, but realistically, you may have meetings scheduled every day of the week right now, or you may be checking email five times a day right now. And maybe there are some boundaries that you need to put in place in order to make sure that you're actually able to complete this plan and make it actionable not just this pie in the sky. This would be really great if this was my schedule, but it's not possible. No, we are going to make it possible and we're going to set boundaries to make sure you're able to do that. So the number one thing I would say for protecting Your schedule, like I said, is to put it on your calendar, wherever that might be. Schedule it in and do not take any other requests during that time. Really focus on making that a rhythm and a routine in your business that you're getting to the habit of deferring work until the day or the time that you say you're going to batch it. And when it comes time to batch things that you're actually really focused on batching those things, even if they're not urgent even if you have four hours to batch podcasts, even though you have a month scheduled out already and could work on something that's urgent, like be really focused and disciplined to get the work done that you said you're going to get done. Because like we said at the beginning of this episode, it's so beneficial and can save you so much time and stress in your business if you're able to do it. So protect your schedule by putting it on your calendar. But also, if you have an automated scheduler, I use Dubsado's scheduler for scheduling podcast interviews, for scheduling discovery calls, scheduling um, one-on-one coaching calls, scheduling random meetings. I can just link to my scheduler. And I only allow people to schedule meetings on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. That's just automated through my scheduler. So I would highly recommend if you don't already have an automated scheduler, to set up um, something like Calendly or Dubsado or whatever other software you use. Calendly is free. If you're already paying for Dubsado, it's included. So I think those are the best two that I've seen. But that's an easy way to protect your time to make sure that you're not scheduling meetings during other times of the week. And you can switch that up if you're only doing Podcast interviews like the first week of every month or if you're only doing client meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays, whatever, make it work for your schedule. It doesn't have to just be Tuesdays and Thursdays, but protect your time and automate your boundaries. Or if you're batching your admin tasks and you know that it's really easy for you to get distracted by those things, maybe you need to delete um, your task app or your email app from your phone. Maybe there are other things that you need to put in place in order to make sure that that focus time is actually focus time and you're not getting distracted by notifications or by kids or by noise, whatever it might be. There's a space in the workbook for you to kind of brainstorm what are the boundaries that I need to have in order to actually live this out. And you can make a list of the action items that you need to take in order to protect your ideal schedule. And the last thing is to review and adjust. Like I said, this is a work in progress. And honestly, I'm constantly working on my systems, even though They're pretty set. They're constantly changing depending on the week and the month and what needs come up and what season I'm in, because different seasons of life require very different systems. So don't think that this is your one and done, go through the workbook and then this is your solid plan. And if it doesn't work perfectly, then it didn't work. Like, no, this is an experiment. You need to keep adjusting, keep learning about what's working and what's not working because it's really difficult to anticipate all of the problems that are going to come up when you try to move towards the schedule. This is something that I've been working on for years and am still improving on. So don't think that you need to have it perfect the first time out the gate. It's okay to learn. It's okay to fail. It's okay to not stick to your ideal schedule but make sure that you're making consistent progress. If this is something that you really want to do and you find that being distracted and losing all of that time, task switching is really holding you back from reaching your goals, holding you back from being able to spend more time with your family, holding you back from feeling like you are actually making a difference or being productive week to week, then this is super important to do. So keep at it. Keep making small adjustments. And honestly, reach out to me if you're having any problems that you're just not able to solve or issues that keep coming up again and again and you can't figure out how to troubleshoot them. I would love to talk about those things. Um, You can connect with me on Instagram at jadeboyd.co. Just send me a voice message or shoot me an email and I'm at the point right now where I respond to every inquiry and every question that comes in and This is like my zone of genius, and I'm sure that if you're having a problem, I've either read about it or experienced it myself, and I'm happy to provide additional resources. I want to keep this episode and the workbook to the basics to get you started because I think the simplest systems are the best systems, so don't try to overcomplicate it. Again, don't try to overschedule yourself or set your expectations too high this first round. Keep it really simple and make step-by-step improvements one day at a time. Maybe you only start with one batch of tasks like batching your meetings and you really focus on that for the next month and setting those boundaries. And Once you are really good at that, then you can focus on batching your administrative tasks and figuring out what system works for you to be able to batch those tasks and so on and so forth. Like Take it one thing at a time and consistency wins. Again, consistency is king. It will help you if you're able to show up and keep making progress one step at a time. So I hope this episode was helpful. Again, feel free to reach out if you have any questions at all. And I will see you next time on the Business Minimalist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Business Minimalist Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd rate it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Your rating and review will help more small business owners discover helpful episodes each week. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the tools and resources mentioned in today's episode because good ideas don't grow businesses, action does. And if you want more Business Minimalist tips and resources, head on over to Instagram and follow me at jadevoid.co. I'd love to hear what you took away from today's episode. I'll see you next time on the Business Minimalist Podcast. The number of women burning out is at an all-time high right now, and I'm on a mission to change that. If you're a service provider who's feeling overwhelmed, overworked, and underpaid, don't let another year go by staying stuck. The Business Edit is a 12-month group coaching program that helps you declutter your business from top to bottom so that you can have shorter to-do lists, a clear strategy to scale, and know exactly what to focus on each week to drive results in your business. You'll end the year with the business that you've been dreaming of building one that gives you your life back and pays you more than you ever made before. In the program, you'll follow my signature five-step method for scaling your service-based business. You'll get business minimalist strategy, marketing, systems, and productivity roadmaps that are simple to understand and easy to implement, plus 12 months of customized one-on-one coaching to help you every step of the way. Join me inside the business edit at www.jadeboy.co/coaching and get my step-by-step blueprint with everything you need to build your dream business in 2024. Now back to the show.